0: First up, we begin with the royal tour that began today in St. John's, Newfoundland uh, and Labrador. Prince Charles and Camilla, the Duchess of Cornwall, here on a quick visit, just three days. Governor-General Mary Simon, Prime Minister Trudeau were on hand to welcome them. The Governor-General, of course, the first Indigenous person to hold the role, uh, was among the speakers today to welcome them and encourage the couple to use this three-day visit to speak with Indigenous peoples and hear their stories.
1: And in this way, we also we will also promote reconciliation, which is not one act or project, nor does it have an end date. It's a lifelong commitment to learning about indigenous communities and about their lives lived realities.
0: Governor-General Mary Simon there. The Royals also took part in a ceremony honouring Indigenous children who attended residential schools in uh, Labrador and northern Newfoundland. In his speech, Prince Charles discussed Indigenous reconciliations, expected to be one of the big focuses of the tour, and referred to Canada's commitment to reconciliation with its Indigenous peoples.
1: However, as we look to our collective future as one people sharing
0: one planet, we must find new ways to come to terms with the darker and more difficult aspects of the past. Acknowledging, reconciling and striving to do better. It is a process that starts with listening. The Prince of Wales there, of course, here uh, to mark uh, the Queen's platinum jubilee, 70 years on the throne. Uh, The couple are in Ottawa tonight. They'll also uh, stop in Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories. And while these visits tend to be high on ceremony and low on substance, you get the sense that this one, uh, words will matter. Well, joining me now is Royal Watcher and Professor of English Literature at the University of British Columbia, Sarika Bowes. Thank you so much for your time tonight.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: Um the purpose of this visit I guess this comes at a time when they're in this country there's a real focus on reconciliation and, and I guess a lot of there'll be a lot of eyes on on uh, Prince Charles and uh, Camilla on this trip to see what's said and done.
1: Yes I think so and I think the first big speech that Prince Charles made really touched on a lot of the concerns and interests of Canadians now certainly with a focus on reconciliation and following what Governor General Mary Simon said, that reconciliation is just not, not just one act, not just some words here and there as tokens, but something that is an ongoing process, something that will evolve. And I think Prince Charles really thought about that in his speech when he spoke about listening, just spending time listening to stories. Um, and then when they took part in that ceremony at the Heart Garden, in the uh, Lieutenant Governor's uh, house, garden.
0: Right. I I mean, clearly the climate has changed here considerably since the last visit uh, in 2017. And we know that earlier in the year, uh, Prince William... And uh, and and Kate went to the Caribbean. Usually, you know, everywhere they go has always been a you know a public relations success for the family, but for the royal family. Uh, but they ran into issues in the Caribbean this year. The legacy, the traditions, the legacy of these visits, not as appreciated as it used to be. People want to hear some substance and some recognition of what's gone on in the past, the history.
1: I think that's true. And I think that, um, there is some recognition, I, I think, in the, uh, royal circles about the need for that substance. And I think meeting with different indigenous leaders, as they have done so far, um, I think that, I think some indigenous leaders are seeing this as an opportunity to highlight some of the issues, um, make them much more, public on a global level um, because of this visit. So I think there is perhaps some hope um, and there is certainly one kind of connection that Prince Charles himself emphasized and will do throughout the visit. Uh, When he goes to the the Northwest Territories, when he goes to the um, round table in Ottawa led by environment um, and climate change Canada, there is that connection between his deep commitment to environmental responsibilities and with uh, First Nations ways of um, thinking about the land.
0: Uh, it, it's always a bit of a fine line for the royal family, of course, because Charles has been criticised in the past for voicing what could be considered, uh, you know, quite mild political views. But still, uh, I, I guess this is a balancing act for for a man who will who should or will be king. We believe one day.
1: Yes. Yes, it is a very difficult balancing act I think um, but on the other hand the the part of the problem is of course that there are certain constitutional requirements for him as um the head of a eventual head of a constitutional monarchy, but at the same time, the modern world expects the substance that you speak of. And it is clear, I think, from various actions of his, not just the words, that he has tried to take responsibility, especially when it comes to um, actions that uh, support environmental responsibility. And I think he's been trying to do that in England, and he has uh, given moral support to if, uh, attempts in other countries,
0: I noticed today that the Queen actually made an appearance in England. She was in London opening the new Elizabeth Line, which is a cross rail line. And she—I I don't know whether she knocked Charles and Camilla off every uh, British newspaper, but there wasn't much coverage of it in Britain, if in, if at all today. Is—is is this? I mean, these sorts of visits. Do do you, do you still think they're worthwhile?
1: Well, I think that um, there is this deep belief in uh, at least the uh, older um, members, the older generation of the royal family that the Commonwealth really does matter, that uh, a a sense of um, solidarity, community between different nations that um, have had this historical connection with each other still does matter and that things can be done together. Um, that uh, various projects like the Green Canopy and so on can be done together. So um, in that way, uh, visits to various Commonwealth countries, each of which has a very different relationship with the, with the British Crown, um, they, can be, they can continue to be uh, of use.
0: Um, uh, last question for you. We did see uh, just a few weeks back that, um, you know, the speech from the throne uh, to open the UK parliament was actually given by Prince Charles for the first time. Uh, the Queen did not do it for 60 years, had done it for 60 years and didn't do it this year uh, because of mobility issues. I guess we are seeing the beginnings of a real change, I think, this year in in, in terms of the look and feel of who's representing the royal family uh, in public.
1: Yes, I think that um, when the monarch turns 96, there are some inevitable actions that will be taken in the future. There's an inevitable progress, I think. And um, I think that when we see this sort of um, action where the queen. Uh, for the first time since since she she was pregnant with her children, has not been able to come and open Parliament. I think that does signal that there is a a process that is taking place now.
0: Sarika Bowes, thank you so much for your time. We'll be watching as Charles and Camilla uh, make their way from Ottawa to the Northwest Territories this week. Thank you so much for your insight. Thank you very much.